Blog Talk Radio. The Franciscan Friars of the Atonement present the Ave Maria Hour. Hello, this is Father Bob Warren of the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. Thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour radio show. The Friars popular Ave Maria Hour was first brought to the radio airwaves in 1939, recorded in New York City and on the mountainside grounds at Graymoor, a home in Garrison, New York. These timeless classic stories of the Bible and the lives of the saints came to life each week through dramatic reenactment by professional actors and actresses. You know, friends, Christ once said, do not hide your treasure under a bushel. In saying this, he meant share your gifts, share your talents. The Friars of the Atonement feel the message in these broadcasts remains as powerful and timely as when they were originally aired, and we are so happy to be able to share them with you today. To learn more about the missions and ministries of the Friars of the Atonement, I invite you to visit our website, www.atonementfriars.org. In the meantime, sit back and enjoy this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour. The Big Strong Man and St. Rock. Shifted down here, Leo. There's a sharp curve ahead, then a dip in the road. You know, Joe, I'm not exactly weak, but this job is the hardest thing I've ever had to shift. I know. As soon as this tomato season's over, we're going to have a new clutch and transmission put in it. Yeah, it needs a brake job, too. I know. Better shift it down again. Let the motor help break it. You think you're going to like working for Hauser Trucking Company? Yeah, I know I like it. Hauser's a fine fella. He's that all right. He not only pays the union rate, he gives the boys a bonus at Christmas. Another thing I really like, Joe's living here in Gradyville. I got tired of the city. We all did. My wife and the kids, they're crazy about it here. It's a grand little town. Yeah, I guess I take it too much for granted. Half the kids in our neighborhood in the city were delinquents. I want my kids to be brought up in a place like this. They'll have to meet my kids. How many kids do you have, Joe? Two boys, two girls. Uh, watch this railroad crossing. Is it used much? Only during the crop season. My name is Henry Hauser. I live here in Gradyville. It's a prosperous town, and I have a prosperous business in it. A couple of years ago, I had a reason for wanting to retire. So I called Joe Braden into my office. Morning, Henry. Good morning, Joe. Sit down. Ah, you look serious. Joe, I want to retire. At your age? I want to settle my wife down in California. Isn't she well, Henry? Well, she's no better and no worse than she's been in years, but I want to give her a change. She deserves it. She's a marvelous woman, Henry. Now, look, Joe, you know how to run this business. 
Would you like to own it? Would you like to buy it? Do I want to buy it? Sure, why not? Well, you know I can't afford it. Now, Joe, I could sell it to Gordon Davy in five minutes. I know you could. Why don't you? Well, I, I like Gordon, but I like you more. You have a fine family, fine wife, four fine children. Henry, I just can't afford to buy it. Look, now, I could fix it up with Mr. Lansing at the bank. We could work out something. Henry, Joe. I appreciate this no end. You're a hardworking man. Why not work for yourself? Well, I... I... I always liked the theory. Well, here's your chance to put it in practice. I'll think it over, Henry. i got to get going now. I'm showing the new man, Leo Boyle, the Feltonville country today. We have two loads of tomatoes to pick up there. What do you think of Boyle? Oh, I like him. Good worker, good man. Huh. What about that truck he's driving? When the season's over, it'll need a big overhaul job. Well, now, if it isn't in good enough shape, have the job done now. We can lease a truck from Gordon Davy. Oh, it'll hold up for two, three more weeks. I have a piece of news for you, Leo. Henry Hauser is thinking of retiring. Well, gosh. Is he thinking of giving up the business? He's thinking of selling it. Why does he want to retire? He's in the prime of life. They want to take his wife to California. He's been an invalid for years. Polio. She gets around on braces and crutches. Well, it's too bad. I didn't know that. Yeah, Henry wants to treat her to the California scenery. They have any children? She lost their first child. Then she got polio. Henry wants me to buy his business. Say, that would be something, huh? You gonna do it? He wants me to talk it over with my wife. You swing it financially? Henry says he can help me fix it up at the bank. But I don't know. I'm not sure I have enough nerve for it. How do you want to think it over, Joe? Would you do it if you had the chance? Oh, I'll say I would. Well, here's that curve and the grade down to the railroad spur. Oh, you know, these brakes are in pretty bad shape. Uh, go down another gear. Joe, the brakes are dead. What? There's the fruit paint. Give it the handbrake. Joe! Joe, this load's so heavy the truck won't stop. Throw it in a reverse. Trip the gears. Anything. Braden lost an eye, a leg, and he suffered internal injuries. But he lived. I was talking about him one evening with my wife. Henry, what did the doctors say about him? Well, they say he'll be all right in time. He'll be missing an eye and a leg, of course, poor fella. But the internal injuries are coming around, so they think. And when he gets some of his old strength back, they'll be able to fit him with an artificial limb and train him how to move around on it. Henry? Yeah. How will Mrs. Boyle and those three children make out financially? She'll be able to keep going for two or three years. And after that? What she'll still be drawing then, she'll have to supplement by going to work. The older boy will be able to go to work then, too. Will she be able to get work in town here? She's thinking of moving back to the city. What about Joe Braden? Uh, Counting up his disability compensation and an accident policy he had... Plus the fact that I plan to pay him his salary for a year, he'll make out for the time being. And after that? Well, then he'll have to learn a mechanical skill, something he can perform at a bench. 
And when he does that, Frank Atwater says he'll take him on at his factory. Henry. Yes, dear. Are you still thinking of selling the business? Oh, definitely. Gordon Davy made me another offer for it today. Henry, don't sell it. Don't sell it? Why not hold on to it for a while? I want to take you to California. I wouldn't feel happy about it, dear. Why not? Leaving Mrs. Boyle here and those three children, and Joe Braden and Kay Braden and their four dear little boys and girls. Marion, I've done everything for those two families I've been able to. I know you have, darling, but can't we wait a while? I, I think I'll give Kay a call. Could you reach me the phone, darling? Yeah, here you are. Thank you, dear. Marion Hauser. Oh, good evening, Mrs. Hauser. I um, just wanted you to know that Henry and I have been thinking about you and talking about you. How sweet you are. And Mr. Hauser's been like a father to us all. How's Joe doing? Well, I'm afraid it's all going to take time, Mrs. Hauser. Pray to St. Rock. St. Rock? The patron saint of invalids. Sometime after I came down with my illness, someone told me about him. So I prayed to him. I know he helped me. I'll send you a little pamphlet about him. Oh, I'll be glad to read it, Mrs. Hauser. And I will pray to St. Ross. Will you pray to him for Joe, too? I most certainly will. And you tell Joe to pray to him, too. Joe isn't himself, Mrs. Hauser. He just lies there in bed. When I talk to him, I don't know whether he's been listening to me or not. And he doesn't say a word. Still in a sort of shock, I suppose. No. The doctor says he's over that. It's just that he... Well, he has no life in him yet. No heart. I was like that, too, for a while. He'll get over it. It's harder on you in some ways than it is on him. He was so big, so active, poor man. And not to have both legs and both eyes. I think he feels like only half a man. He'll come through it, my dear. He's a fine man, Joe is. And he has a fine wife. And he has a fine friend in heaven. You mean St. Rock? He has our Lord, first of all. Of course. And our Lady. And all the saints. But in his particular case, St. Rock. The children and I will pray to St. Rock every day. And you will send me that pamphlet, won't you? I'll ask Henry to leave it with you tomorrow. Good night, Katie. dear. Good night. And thank you so much for calling. But Joe, did I hear you say something? Were you calling me, Joe? No, I wasn't. I wish you'd talk with me, Joe. What's there to talk about? The children. How are they doing? Just fine. Won't you let them come in to see you? No, thanks. I'm going to let you in on a secret. When you're asleep, they tiptoe in and kiss the pillow. So why don't you let them see you when you're awake? See me with one eye and one leg? Well, you have a patch on your eye, Joe, and... And your body's covered up to your chest with a sheet. They love their daddy. They want to see him. I don't want to see anybody. I wish I had lost both my eyes. wish I had died with Leo Boyle. I know how you feel, Joe. How could you? I'm your wife. I just know, that's all. Mm. Who was on the phone? Mrs. Hauser. She says we should all pray to St. Rock. 
Oh, him. Do you know about him? Yeah, I heard the chaplain in the hospital talk about him during the war. He has something to do with invalids. I'm going to pray to him for you. Why don't you pray to him, Joe? He can't give me back what I've lost. He can help you in other ways, though. How? How can he help me in other ways? Well, he can help you recover your spirits. I have no spirits. Are you getting sleepy, Joe? Yes, I am. Go to sleep, then. If you wake up during the night and need me, call me. I'll be right here with you. Well, how can you sleep on that cot? It's very comfortable. Can I get you anything before I put the children to bed? No, thanks. All right. Good night, darling. Good night. That was a Monday evening. Kay had more or less the same kind of unhappy conversation with Joe on Tuesday evening. And again on Wednesday. And then on Thursday. Darling, is there anything I could read to you? A mystery story? Western? The sports page? Politics? I get politics and sports on the radio. Well, I'm glad you're at least listening to the radio. Say, how would you like to have the television set up here? If I had it here, the kids wouldn't be able to see it. Oh, it was nice of you to let them come in and say hello to you this afternoon. After they left, I felt awful. What will I ever be able to do for them? Joe, look at some of your buddies during the war. Some of them handicapped much worse than you are. And they're making out fine. And others not doing anything at all. Permanent invalids. Joe, pray to St. Rock. He'll help you. Who was he, anyhow? He was a Frenchman. When he was 20 years old, he gave all his fortune to the poor. He tended the sick during a terrible plague in Italy during the 14th century. Italians call him San Rocco. There's a beautiful church in his honor in Venice. He's a patron saint of people who are invalids and people who suffer from plagues. Pray to him, Joe. You pray to him. I can't. I'm useless. That night, after Kay had gone to sleep on the cot, Joe was half asleep. He thought he saw and heard something. Was it a dream? Was it his memory? What was it? Joe, the brakes are dead! There's the fruit train! Give us the handbrake! Hmm? 
I killed Leo Boyle. Joe, darling, you were dreaming. I knew the brakes on that truck were no good. Henry Hauser told me to lease a truck if I thought we had to. But I told him that that big truck was good for two or three more weeks. I knew that those brakes were going, but I postponed, I delayed. It's what I always do, I delay. Oh, Joe, you never delay. You've always been a conscientious, hard-working man. But I postpone important things. I don't always face up to them. If I'd faced up to those breaks, Leo Boyle would still be alive. Oh, Joe, dear. You're upset by a bad dream. Look, I've memorized the collect from the Mass of St. Rock. It goes like this. I'll say it slowly, and you say it in your mind along with me. Oh, Lord, let thy continued loving kindness watch over thy people. And with the merits of blessed St. Rock to plead for them, keep them safe from all infection of body and soul. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, who is God, living and reigning with thee, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. Henry? Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am? I did something today. Oh? What'd you do? You know Mrs. Basting, the old lady who runs the dry goods and ocean store on Fremont Street? Mm, no, I don't. You wouldn't, I suppose. Well, I called a taxi, and I went to her store. You went all by yourself? The first time I've gone anywhere without you in years. Whatever did you do that for? To get a spool of thread, huh? I... I asked Mrs. Bassing if Mrs. Boyle could work for her. I knew that poor old lady had been wanting for a long time to take it easy. And she was delighted. Mrs. Boyle will go to work for her next week. And that means Mrs. Boyle and those lovely children can stay in Gradyville. Marion, you're a saint. I'm no saint, and I was certainly no saint for a year after I suffered that polio attack. And I'm afraid from what Kay Braden tells me... Her Joe is going through something like what I went through. What does she tell you? Seems that Joe is so melancholy about his leg and his eye that it's affecting him physically. Uh, I should have looked that truck over myself instead of taking Joe's word for it. Henry, will you will you take me to see Joe tomorrow? What? Boy, of course. You haven't seen him yet, have you? No. And I think I should. I I'd like to talk with him. Joe, for a whole year after I had my polio, I was just like you. What do you mean, Mrs. Hauser? I was so melancholy, so blue. Well, I always had the idea you started smiling through it just as soon as you got it. Oh, only extremely holy people do that, Joe. The rest of us take it hard at first, and, well, then we come around. God helps us to come around. The way I feel, Mrs. Hauser... I'll never come around. A big, strong man like you. Of course you will. I was a weak young woman. And look at me now. I gradually learned how to get around with these braces and crutches. What could I ever do, Mrs. Hauser? All I ever did was to handle trucks. Joe, 
What did you do when Henry and I went to Bermuda for three months? You handled Henry's business for him. You got contracts for him. You have intelligence, Joe. You weren't injured in your head, thank God. You still have that good brain of yours. You sound just like my wife. She tells me all that, too. Kay is right, Joe. Kay's a fine woman, Mrs. Hauser, and so are you. But the two of you together couldn't begin to imagine how I'm feeling. Kay, don't you give up praying to St. Rock. Oh, I won't. It was only after I started praying to him that I began to get patience, hope, some mental relief. That's why I'm so devoted to him. We must pray to St. Rock to give your Joe something to take his mind off himself. You know, they used to be woodwork. Really? Uh Uh-huh. He has all sorts of tools and things in the basement. He used to make furniture. He used to carve. He was very good at it. Kay, that gives me an idea. One day, Joe had to go to the hospital for a general checkup. I took him there, and Kay, of course, went along. The checkup revealed that physically Joe was improving. When we returned to the Braden house, Kay and I helped Joe upstairs. He still wasn't fitted for his artificial leg, but he was using crutches. He and Kay got to the door of his bedroom, and then... What's been going on here? What's this all about? Will somebody tell me? Well, it was Marion Howes' idea, and so Henry arranged for Jack Ellerby, the carpenter, to do it while the three of us were at the hospital. All my woodworking equipment in my bedroom. Uh-huh. Well, Joe, we were all afraid you were getting lazy. You showed no inclination to dash down to the basement to fool around with it. So we had it moved up here. It seems that everybody wants me to fool around with something. Oh, darling, after all these weeks of suffering and worrying, why not enjoy yourself? Oh, Joe, why don't you do something to amuse yourself? Uh-huh. Oh, by golly, I I think I can sit on the edge of the bed and maybe... I... Why not? Why not? That's the way to talk, old man. Two weeks later, Kay Braden drove Joe for a visit to our house. Joe had two packages, one for Marion, the other for me. After we seated Joe comfortably in the living room, Kay did the honors for him. Uh, Mrs. Hauser, this package is for you from Joe. And Mr. Hauser, this one is for you. How lovely. You don't know whether it's lovely or not. You haven't opened it yet. Well, whatever it is, Joe, it's lovely of you to give me something. Well, look at this. A handsome humidor, Joe. This is a beautiful piece of woodwork. It's to a decent, generous pause, Henry. And, oh, look at this. A statue a foot high. Look at the carving on it. St. Rock, Mrs. Hauser. Oh. Kay went to the library and found pictures by Italian and French artists of St. Rock. I tried to get some sort of an idea from them for that piece of carving. Isn't a piece of carving, Joe. It's a work of beauty. It's a going away present for you, Mrs. Hauser. Not that we like to see you go away. Going away? Well, where am I going away? Well, I I understood from Henry that he wanted to take you to California. Oh, we talked about that one time, but you wanted to stay on here in Gradyville to see how Mrs. Boyle and Joe Braden were going to make out. Well, I think you've taken pretty nice care of Mrs. Boyle, and you and Saint Rock and Kay have 
taken pretty nice care of Joe Braden. Well, now Joe is going to take over the business. We had a long talk about it this afternoon. Yeah. I'll never be able to drive a truck again, but I can sit at a desk. I can run a business from there, can't I? You and Kay and St. Rock and Henry have made me feel... Well, I wish I could tell you. I always did say you were a big, strong man, Joe. That friend of yours, St. Rock, is bigger and stronger. So am I glad he is. I want to thank you for listening to this rebroadcast of the Ave Maria Hour, brought to you by the Franciscan Friars of the Atonement. For over 110 years, the Friars have devoted themselves to fulfilling St. Francis' prayer, to heal wounds, to unite what has fallen apart, and to bring home those who have lost their way. We work for Christian unity and interreligious understanding. We provide respite at our retreat center at Greymoor for those in need of spiritual renewal. We staff parishes throughout the world, serve as chaplains for colleges, hospitals, and prisons. We care for the ill through hospice work, ministry to those with HIV-AIDS. We also shelter the homeless and provide treatment and services for those suffering from alcoholism and drug addiction. If you would like to be included in our prayer list, participate in special St. Anthony Novenas, and or visit St. Anthony Shrine Graymore, attend a retreat, learn more about our Ave Maria Hour productions, or simply make a donation to assist us in fulfilling St. Francis' prayer to help those in need, please visit our website at atonementfriars.org or email me at avemaria at atonementfriars.org. You can write to me, Father Bob, Friars of the Atonement, Graymore, Post Office Box 300, Garrison, New York, 10524. And so, in closing, I ask for the blessing of God upon you and those you love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he look upon you with kindness and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>